0: Good morning. We are going to celebrate God this morning. We might be physically distanced, but we're not social distancing around here,
1: are we? No, I'm not into that.
0: And God is still in charge. He's still on the throne. He has not changed. He's still worthy of our worship. So uh, we're going to celebrate Him together this morning. And to get us going, Shelby's going to read the beginning eight verses of Psalm 34.
1: Yes, and I just love the way this Bible titles it, taste and see that the Lord is good. So as I read it, I just pray that you can just receive it and just know that his word applies even in this moment, in this situation. Starting with verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles the Angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him.
0: I encourage you to stand up where you are. It's good to be physically involved in uh, worshiping God.
2: Let's sing. Jesus Christ, my King, what a
3: beautiful name it is, and nothing compares to
2: this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus.
3: didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you
2: brought heaven.
3: Sin was great, your love was greater, and what can separate us now? What a wonderful name it is, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is, and nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the
2: name of Jesus. Wanna
3: worship you, God, with our whole hearts. Keep. On single day. And death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life. Can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful powerful name
2: name it is The name name of of Jesus Jesus. All I have need hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me
1: yes Lord you are faithful you never change your hand is upon this earth Resting upon every home represented here today. Everyone watching, everyone who is feeling all the range of human emotion, Lord, you are with them. You are with us. Lord, I just pray that this will be a time where we as your church will get to know your heart and get to know just how true your word is in ways that we have never dreamed of, Lord. And as we allow it to become a reality in our lives, Lord Jesus, I pray that it would echo through this earth and that would we, we would be bold representations of just the true testimony of how you have made yourself known to us even in the midst of uncertainty and struggle and fear, Lord Jesus, we know that you reign, we know that you are sovereign, and we also know that even in your perfection, and in your holiness, you meet us, you meet us in pain, you meet us in doubt, and you meet us in fear, and Lord Jesus, I pray that that would be very evident this morning, we thank you for your comfort, we thank you for your peace, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the healer. And nothing stands against you. No virus, no doubt, no fear, no weapon. And so we proclaim your name, Jesus, and we say, we believe you. And we trust you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen.
0: And just in that same attitude of prayer, um, I'm going to... We're going to have a moment just to pray, especially for those who are vulnerable and needy. Um, maybe some of you guys or somebody you know lost their job um, recently, or going through just an extraordinarily uh, difficult time right now. Um, I'm going to give, uh, hand it over to our chairman of our elders, uh, Derek Fullerton, and uh, Heather Fullerton, his wife, and they're going to lead us all in a prayer for uh, the vulnerable uh, and the needy among us. And I encourage you as they are praying uh, to also just, if you're sitting with your family, grab hands with your family um, or to even just to make a comment uh, lifting up your own prayers uh, as they pray.
4: Good morning. My name is Derek Fullerton. This is my wife Heather Fullerton.
5: Good morning.
4: Hi Trinity and friends and everybody else watching. Um, this morning uh, Pastor Kirk asked us that we would uh, say something and pray for the needy and the vulnerable. And I wanted to start off with this devotional. I thought it was uh, very applicable to to today, what we're going through. Mm -hmm. It's by Billy Graham. It's called Pass Along Comfort. A dear friend and trusted counselor once told me that sometimes the greatest test comes to us when we ask God the question, why? As Charles Hembury has pointed out, in the full face of afflictions, It is hard to see any sense to things that befall us. And we want to question the fairness of a faithful God. However, these moments can be the most meaningful of our lives. Alexander Nowell once said, God does not comfort us that we may be comforted, but that we may be comforters. We are to pass along the comfort with which God has comforted us. Look around you. There are countless opportunities to comfort others, not only in the loss of a loved one, but also in the daily distress that so often creeps into our lives. One of Paul's companions on some of his missionary journeys was named Joseph, but the apostles called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Will you be a Barnabas to someone in your life? So I just wanted to start off with that because as we uh, know, as we're isolated and at home, um, how do you be the church? How do you do things that are Is when we're told to social isolate and uh, how do we reach out to the vulnerable, needy, and the sick when they're the ones we're trying to protect the most? And that seems to be the challenges and the ideas. Um, but I just remind you that the early church were people that lived together. Uh, they lived in villages together and the early church was the true uh, like social services agency. Uh, they weren't government, they weren't... Um, agencies and, and, and males on wheels and senior centers that were doing all this. It was the church. It was the people. And they were the ones going to the sick and to the needy and checking on them and the widows and everybody else that needed help in the community. They were the ones reaching out. So um, my wife and I uh, lead a small group. We facilitate a small group. And one of the things she's going to share is how what we are trying to do as a small group.
5: So this week we reached out to our small group through email and we decided that we're going to do this thing called pick seven. So basically what pick seven is, you're going to choose seven people that you need to reach out to. So it could be elderly, could be someone um, that's homebound, could be someone that you know is sick, someone that has cancer, Um, basically reaching out to that vulnerable population that is um, at the most risk for catching the COVID virus. Um, So you pray for that, one of those seven, you pray for them first and then um, you reach out, email see if you can get them groceries, um, FaceTime them, whatever that may be. Um, I have a grandmother that lives in Indiana. She's 85. And my mom told me she was out grocery shopping the other day at Kroger. And I said, what is she doing? Um, so I reached out to her and said, I could get her anything she needed. Um, that's the great thing about Amazon. Now we have Amazon and you can, you know, you can buy groceries to people across the country. So, um, encourage you to Sometimes it could just be writing a letter. We're having our kids write letters to their grandparents. um, Checking on your neighbors that might be elderly. And um, just Mm. reach out. Let people know you're there.
4: Mm. That's great. Pick seven. It could be pick three. It could be pick five. It could be pick ten. Whatever you choose. Um, Just pick some people and uh, reach out to them. And just find a way to protect them the best while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to close in prayer. um, And... uh, and just say uh, thankful for Trinity and all the support in our jobs uh, that we're doing out here. But I, I pray for uh, all the first responders and all the medical professionals, the public health professionals. But uh, specifically for this prayer, I want to pray for the vulnerable, the sick, and the needy, and the widows. <clears throat> so um, please pray with me. Lord Heavenly Father, you are the comforter of Lord Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit Lord, is the comforter that lives within us, Lord. So we pray during a time when the needy and the isolated and the sick, Lord, are scared and feared of everything that's coming at them from all angles, Lord. Every day there's new information, Lord. I pray that the comforter that lives within them, Lord, just showers them with peace, Lord, and blocks out the world, Lord, yes. and all the fear, Lord, yes. and protects them, Jesus. I just pray, Lord, as they uh, don't feel like they have a purpose right now, or that they're isolated and alone. And they uh, tend to be in isolation even before this uh, this pandemic, Lord. I pray there's ways that our church, Lord, uh, goes beyond the walls, Lord, and uh, becomes the early church, Lord, and reaches out to them in ways, Lord, that makes a connection, Lord, that will be the silver lining of you, yes, Lord Jesus. You. Because you always do things for a greater good. You always have a purpose and you are always in control, Lord. And we serve a great God. So we see that great things will come after this, Lord Jesus, where connections will be made, um, People will see the church, Lord, for the, what it was meant to be built for, Lord, to, to tend to the sheep, Lord Jesus. And I pray that this is a time, Lord, that those things will happen, Lord. So we, we lift a, prepare, uh, a prayer of protection, Lord, that um, the elderly are protected from this virus and that you give leadership and the wisdom, Lord, to guide our country into uh, a place that has um, not many uh, mortality, Jesus. So bless us, Lord, be with us, but may we be comforters, Lord, as we are comforted by you. In Jesus' name Jesus we pray. Name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And then uh, next we, we want to try to find ways. You know, a lot of the headlines right now are full of not so encouraging stories. But we've had the opportunity to hear good stories, things that God is doing among us in this church and in this community. Um, So I want to share one of those stories with you. We have one of our own, Maggie Madden, who saw God use she and her family in in a powerful way this week. But before we hear her story, we want to hear your stories too. If there are ways that you're seeing God at work Um, in and around you, uh, working through you to bless somebody else, or maybe ways that God is blessing your own life. We want to hear those stories, and we want to try to find ways as a church to make sure that we're all uh, hearing one another's stories throughout this time, because that's going to encourage all of our faith. But for now, I want you to hear uh, from Maggie Madden just a way that God used her and her family this
6: week. Hi, everyone. We knew of a family in need this week, and Because we had been semi-prepared, understanding the circumstances, seeing it in the news, we stocked up on some of the essentials. And this week, a great way to show my children that our community needs us. We found a family that was an immunosuppressed Rare brain diseased child who a common cold could send them to children's, let alone this. Um, We decided to have take some of our supplies that we had kind of saved up and made them a bag of hand sanitizer, wipes and 95 masks that my husband had a few of because he works in the construction field and we put it in a bag and left it on this person's door showing our children that we know that there are needs out in the community that they can't they can't help and we can help out thank you
0: man in god good Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, guys. Um, Now, because we are not physically present with each other, we're going to have a time of greeting anyway, though. (laughs) So if you're sitting with your family, I want you to give somebody a high five, give them a hug. If you're not, make a comment, say hi to everybody uh, in in the feed we got going on right now. But I do want to remind you guys that we have a variety of ways that we can connect and are seeking to connect right now as a church. Uh, Like I said earlier, we may be physically distant, but we're not going to be socially distant. So please check out, number one, our Trinity app. You can find that in the Apple uh, Store or Google Play Store. Just type in Trinity NR or Trinity North Reading uh, and download that because there will be discussion questions, questions you can ask uh, as a family even together or sermon notes from today, uh, other resources like that, things going on. You want that. Uh, make sure to check out our website, trinitynr.org, if you haven't already. And my guess is everyone here has checked out at least our website or our Facebook page. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching right now. Uh, but if you haven't connected with Instagram or Facebook, uh, look us up, trinity.nr or trinitynr on Facebook. We would love to have you. Now, um, one more thing we want to just let everybody know. We are currently as a church church developing a plan for how can we best respond to the needs uh, that, com- that are coming to us, that we are experiencing in our community. We've been working with a team of people trying to develop the best way we can uh, to make sure that those going through financial hardship, maybe a lack of food, supplies, uh, have those needs met, that we're expressing the love of Jesus to them in very tangible ways. Um, if you are someone who is in need, I want to encourage you, reach out to us. You can email us at info at or simply call the church office at 978-664-2416. The number should be on the screen. Um, that number has been rerouted so that even though somebody may not be in our physical office, we are still picking up that call. Um, please reach out to us. And we would love to get you in touch with the, the resources that you need uh, and the best job we can in order to help you through that. And i want to have more details uh, here soon as to ways that we can all uh, try to find some part to play um, in trying to meet the needs around us. Um, I do want to remind everybody, too, though, um, that we as a church, we still uh, want to continue to operate, continue to pursue the mission God has for us. Even though we may not be meeting physically, uh, we still have our overhead needs. We still have need to operate as a church, and so I would encourage you uh, to please continue to give as you are able Uh, to give to what God is doing here, because even though we may not be meeting in person, man, we're still wanting to make sure that we're not going to stop being the church, and we're going to continue to allow the gospel of Jesus to spread in whatever ways we possibly can, Uh, because we want to build us up, like we're talking about this whole series. We want to be rooted and built up in faith, and we want other people to come to know Him as well. And it's been remarkable to see the different ways uh, that those who have not uh, encountered Jesus before uh, may be discovering us on Facebook or some of these other methods that we've been forced uh, really to try out. And so God is good. He is at work. And I encourage you guys to continue to uh, be faithful uh, in giving in the midst of that. And uh, here on the screen, there's a variety of different ways uh, that you can do that, whether it's through our app, whether it's through our website. Uh, whether it's mailing in a check or something like that. So uh, with that, I just want to pray just for the mission of our church together. Um, We've had to figure out a bunch of different ways to do ministry lately, uh, online and calling and Zoom calls and all sorts of things. Uh, But I want to pray that God continues to give us wisdom and that the gospel continues to move out now more than ever because I know there's a hunger for God uh, that is surfacing in people's hearts and minds. Uh, And we want to be there with the good news of Jesus uh, to ears that are ready to hear it. So God, I pray, um, first of all, even before I ask, I want to thank you uh, for the ways that um, even in the midst of this challenging season, God, I'm seeing the ways that your word is going out, that there are more people tuning in uh, than ever before. We're seeing responses uh, to your word, to your gospel. uh, When maybe people would have been suspicious to actually come into this physical place, they are connecting with you uh, in digital ways. God, I pray that your spirit would move and that we would see people's hearts and minds transformed as you continue to do your good work. God, give us wisdom and understanding and motivation of love to know how we can look outside of ourselves during this season, even though it's very difficult, that we would instead lean into you, into your heart, and you would lead us toward uh, the broken, the needy, the vulnerable, uh, those that you would wish us to uh, minister to uh, in your name. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that your love never fails. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And now, with that, we are going to continue in our current sermon series, Rooted and Built Up Everyday Habits for Growth, where we've been talking about regular habits that we can incorporate in our daily lives that can allow us to be people who learn to love God and love others as He commanded us to. So, uh, but instead of sharing the word myself, I get the privilege. Of being able to welcome up uh, our own David Anastasi. Uh, He has been on board with us for over a month now, but given the recent events, it feels like a year. Um, A lot's gone on, and uh, I'm going to physically distance myself from him as he comes up because I want to model good practice. And all that to say um, he's got a powerful word to be able to share with us today, um, and I'm excited about all God is doing in and through him. And uh, thank you for being willing to share today. So, man.
7: Well, good morning, Trinity. As Pastor Kirk said, my name is David Anastasia. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. And I come with a, uh, a message of hope and of mission um, and I'm very excited for this message this morning. I know, I know, I promise I know that this week has been extremely challenging uh, for so many of us. It's been a long time since there's been this much anxiety and uncertainty and fear collectively in the air. And my guess would be it's, it's been since 2008 uh, that there's been this much anxiety and fear. Um, the impact is felt everywhere. So many of us woke up Monday morning to businesses closing, ushering in layoffs and financial hardships. And again, I understand that on a very personal level. Back in 2008, just to share a little bit of my story with you, back in 2008, I was working for uh, my father-in-law's real estate development company. This was a very large company, It's a very successful company. And when the financial crash of 2008 occurred, it hit real estate, the real estate industry, very hard, very specific, very hard, very quick. And I watched and lived through this family business, this very successful company, go from being very successful to being very desperate in a very short amount of time. In about six months, we went from doing hundreds of million dollars of business to closing offices, to laying off people, people that we loved and deeply cared about. We lost properties, and then eventually we lost everything all of our savings, houses, cars, boats, all of the stuff and things. And eventually it got so bad that my father-in-law, the owner of the company, one of my best friends, my mentor, my wife's father, of course the grandparents of our two girls, the grandfather of my two girls, eventually took his life. And so when I tell you that I understand what some of you are staring down, I mean that on a very personal level. I understand it. I've been through it. I've lived the tears that you're crying. I've lived the sleepless nights that you're having. I've felt the weight of the world, the weight of providing for my family on my chest, almost unable to breathe at times. I know what you're going through. And even more than I know what you're going through, I promise you Christ knows what you're going through. He sees you in those sleepless nights. He's with you in those sleepless nights. And I've, during that time, during that period of 2008, some way, somehow, he made his love manifest to me. And I tasted, as the, as the psalm said that Shelby read this morning, I, I saw and I tasted of the hope and the love that we have in Christ And I never could have seen it then. I can only see it now, several years later, that it was Christ himself. It wasn't wasn't me that was hanging on to Christ. It was him that was hanging on to me. And I can see that he was preparing us, our family, then, for now, what some of you are going through. And I promise you that the hope that we have in Christ can and will pierce the darkest of nights. It is a love that compels us, a love that compels us to love one another, even in the midst of our circumstances, and that's why I'm so thankful for this message this week. The message that I have this week confronted me at a time when all I wanted to do was go back to that time period in 2008 in my mind and in my soul and in my spirit and just shut it down, draw the blinds, pull the curtains. Shut it down. Pack it up and pack it in. And I'm an introvert anyway, so I need almost no excuse to shut it down. But again, the love of Christ compels us. And that's why I'm so thankful for this message that I have this morning, because it really challenged me to think differently about this situation, to think biblically about the situation that we're in right now. It challenged me to look beyond my own personal circumstance with the eyes in the heart of Jesus. And I hope it does the same for you. But before we get too far into it, would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the seasons in our lives where it almost feels impossible to be thankful for anything. But Father, if if you can use the darkest of events in all human history, which is the cross of Christ, if you can use that to save and to literally fill heaven, then you can use the circumstances we're going through now for our good and for your glory. So, Father, I pray that I don't just say that. I pray that I believe that, and I pray that I live that. Father, I pray that the word this morning... That it is your word, that it's living and active and you use it, Father, to transform, to encourage, to change lives. Father, you build your church by the power of your Holy Spirit. So this word is yours, this message is yours, this time is yours. Father, have your way with it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, as Pastor Kirk said, we continue in our sermon series called rooted and built up and we're examining our daily lives our habits and rhythms in light of our call as christians specifically the things in our lives that draw us closer to god and closer to one another and taking a real hard look at the things in our lives that maybe draw us away from that And as a foundation for this series, we've been using what is known as the greatest commandment. And if we were all together right now, I would ask, what is the greatest commandment? And for the most part, many of us will be able to recite it in one form or another. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Essentially, love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. But boy, do I realize how difficult that is, to love God and love your neighbor when it feels like the entire world is crashing down all around you. In fact, I know what it's like to barely be able to love yourself in a time like this. I want to change the question a little bit because if I ask what the greatest commandment is, again, many of us would be able to recite it. But if I ask what the hardest commandment is, I think a lot of us would have the same answer. Love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And that truism is something that one of my favorite authors, uh, an English philosopher by the name of G.K. Chesterton, actually said when he said, It's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting. It's that it's been difficult and therefore is not tried. It's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and therefore left untried. So it's not that as Christians we don't know what to do. It's that what we know to do is extremely difficult. And in extremely difficult times, it's even more difficult to do. Now the last two sermons, both available on Trinity's website and on the app if you haven't heard them yet, They focused on the first part of the greatest commandment, which is our relationship to God, our vertical relationship, if you will. What I want to take a look at is the second part, the horizontal part, specifically loving our neighbor. And what I want to do is I want to separate the two main parts, love and our neighbor, and bring them back together again. And I want to do it by looking at what the Apostle Paul says, what he does, and then bring it all back to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding, Christian wedding or not, you have probably heard the following scripture verse from the Apostle Paul. It comes to us from his first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 13 and verses 4 through 7, in which he writes, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, at this point in the wedding ceremony, everybody kind of leans their head back and drifts off into a Hallmark card-like daydream about love, and there's an audible, ah, love, that you can hear. But ask any married couple post-honeymoon, or any parent for that matter, and you'll hear, love is hard, love is messy, love demands a ton of time and energy, love does not always return love, love makes us vulnerable, love hurts. And in the words of the wise group of philosophers, the Jay Giles Band, love stinks. Indeed, the hardest part of the hardest commandment is love. But why? Well, to get down to it, true biblical love is defined as intentional, relational, and sacrificial. True biblical love is intentional. It moves to action. It's not passive. It is relational. It is expressed between people. And it's sacrificial. It gives of oneself to and for another. Now, seven times in verses four through seven that we just read, Paul writes, Love is. And seven times in the same verse, he writes, love does not. In other words, love is a verb. Love does. And although love is certainly not void of emotion, the Bible does not define love as some emotional high caused from being hit by the arrow of a fat little baby angel. Love is difficult because love moves to action. It moves to intentional action but it's not just intentional action. For example, if i tell you i love and i stop there, you would pause for a second hoping i would finish the sentence and when i don't you would say you love who or you love what? Cuz love just doesn't move to action, it moves to action on behalf of an object. But not just any object. If i completed my sentence and said i deeply love my car you would have a right to feel sorry for me on some level why because no matter how many times my love for my car moves to action and I wax and wash my car my car will never love me back my car doesn't know that I love it my car doesn't know anything my money never loves me back my career will never love me back The stuff and things never love us back. No, Paul isn't telling us to be patient with inanimate objects or not to boast to our golf clubs or be rude to our house. No, he is obviously talking about our relationship with people. Biblical love is intentional and it is relational. It moves to action on behalf of people and because it moves to action on behalf of people it is hard it is difficult because people like me are messy and broken and complicated but biblical love is not just intentional and relational it's also sacrificial and to show you these three working together the intentional and relational and sacrificial i want to move from what paul writes to what he does Earlier, we read a few verses from Paul's treaty on love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But I want to show you something that appears in the first verse of the first chapter of this letter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul writes, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes... Now, hard stop. Have you ever read that and thought, who on earth is Sosthenes? Well, in Acts chapter 18, we found out exactly who that is. And if we parachute into the book of Acts, written by the gospel writer Luke, chapter 18, we find Paul in the city of Corinth. Now, Paul had three missionary journeys that are recorded in the book of Acts. On his second missionary journey, he goes to this city of Corinth. And Paul's M.O., every time he goes to a place, every time he goes to a city or town, is he goes right into the synagogue, he preaches to the Jews Christ crucified, they get very angry with him, they throw him out of the synagogue, he preaches Christ crucified to the Gentiles, causes a huge stir, gets beaten to a pulp, and thrown out of the city. Goes to the next city, rinse and repeat. So here we find him in the city of Corinth, where he stays for a year and a half. And at that point, Luke records for us when the Jews have had enough of Paul preaching Christ crucified. So we pick it up in chapter 18, verse 12, and I want us to see the intentional, relational, and sacrificial love that Paul displays. Verse 12, But when Gallio was pre-consul of Achaia, stop. I don't want you to get tripped up on that, so I want to simplify it really easy for you. At this time, the Jews were under Roman occupation, and if there was one thing that Rome and Caesar did not want and would not stand for, it was social unrest. You could do almost anything you wanted to do in Rome at that time, but you had to play nice with others. And so, Rome would send governors to each province that they ruled. And Gallio was the governor of the province where Corinth was located. And any issues anybody had had to go before Gallio. He was the judge, the jury, and the executioner. And so when Gallio was the governor of the area that Corinth is located, continuing on, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the court, saying, this man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But before Paul could even open his mouth, Gallio says to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since this is a matter of questions and words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. And he drove them from the court, and they all seized Sosthenes. The ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the court. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. Did you catch that? The Jews, this is the scene. The Jews are so enraged that Gallio will not arrest and put Paul into prison. They get thrown out of the court and in their rage they grab the ruler of the synagogue who would have okayed the attack on Paul and they beat him to a pulp. And I know this is beyond what scripture tells us but I don't think it's hard to picture this scene. That the, that the, the crowd disperses. All becomes quiet. And there's only two people left. It's Paul and Sosthenes. Paul, the one who they brought to trial, and Sosthenes, the one who would have approved it. And although I don't think anybody could have blamed Paul for probably accidentally on purpose kicking dirt in Sosthenes' face, that is not what 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 tells us. Is it too much of a stretch to imagine that Paul motivated by an intentional, relational, and sacrificial love, rises above his own circumstances and steps into Sosthenes' pain, extending a hand of Christian fellowship. And the Holy Spirit uses Paul in that moment to be the gospel and change Sosthenes' eternal destiny. But Trinity, there is one much greater than Paul. And it is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus himself who, when we were beaten and left for dead, dead in our sin and trespasses, it was Christ who was moved to action. He left heaven. He stepped into his creation, into the darkness, into the pain, into the sleepless nights, into the tears, into the anxiety, into the unknown. He lived the perfect life that we could not, perfectly obedient to the will of the Father. And as he marched to the cross, he suffered the wrath that you and I deserve. And three days later, he rose in victory over Satan, sin, and death. And his victory is our victory. Now, what could possibly motivate a holy and just and righteous God to bear the punishment for his enemies. The cross was anything but convenient. It was anything but easy. No. It could only be the intentional and relational and sacrificial love. And this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that when we repent, when we turn from our sin and we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our eternal destiny changes, and not just our eternal destiny, but our present tense reality, because Jesus Christ did not just save us from something, he saved us for something. And he saved us for times just like this. Think about it. 2,000 years later... And not wars, not famine, not nakedness, not peril, not sickness, not kingdoms, not earthquakes, not tsunamis, not hurricanes, or tornadoes, or persecution, or tribulations, or public burnings, or internal conflict, not terrorism, not recessions, certainly not a pandemic. The gates of hell themselves cannot and will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Trinity, we have An incredible opportunity right now, just like Paul did then, to love with the love of Christ like we have never loved before. This is not a passive love. We need to be intentional. We need to be relational. We need to be sacrificial. We need to see beyond our own circumstances with divine awareness of people that desperately need our support. And we need to be moved to action financial resources, supplies, time, energy, attention, and care, whatever it takes. So what is a practical way that we can even begin to do that on a daily basis? And trust me, with everything that is going on, my aim is not to put something else on your to-do list, unless that something else roots you deeper in Christ and closer to one another and I think this will it is so easy every single day for me to wake up reach over to my left grab my phone and check the latest corona news and check it over and over and over again but that starts my day with a foundation of fear and anxiety and that is not of God That just reinforces my inclination to shut it down and pack it up. I need to uproot that. Not trim it back. I need to uproot it. I need to take those thoughts captive. And one of the ways starting tomorrow that I'm going to do that, and I would encourage you to maybe do the same, is every morning I want to get with God, and I want to write down two things. I want to keep this super simple. I want to write down something I'm thankful for. And I want to write down someone I'm thankful for. I want to start each day with a posture of thanksgiving, not of fear. And I want to reach out to that one person and let them know that I'm praying for them. I'm thinking about them. That God sees them, he knows them, and he loves them. And I want to ask if there's anything I can do for them. Imagine, Trinity, imagine if we all woke up tomorrow and a hundred of us did that. One hundred prayers of thanksgiving ascending before the throne and one hundred points of contact going out to people, loving on them, encouraging them, meeting them exactly where they're at with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. What a way to start the day loving God and loving others. And if you are the person who needs care, if you feel the darkness all around you. If you feel the world smashing down. Please reach out. Reach out to your group leader. Reach out to the elders. Reach out to the deaconate. Reach out to the pastors. Call the main office line, send an email, something on Facebook, please reach out. If you've heard me say nothing else, hear this clearly. You are not alone. You are not alone. Now, I want to close with this. And if you're somehow driving and listening to this, don't close your eyes. If you're in a place that you can, close your eyes. Close your eyes and just listen to these words of our Savior Jesus Christ and the Lord of the universe. Let these words wash over you. Jesus says, "'Therefore I tell you, "'do not be anxious about your life, "'what you will eat or what you will drink, "'nor about your body, what you will put on. "'Is not life more than food "'and the body more than clothing? "'Look at the birds of the air. "'They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, "'and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. "'Are you not of more value than they?' O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Trinity Church, We are most certainly living in an unprecedented time, but we serve an unparalleled God. Do not be overwhelmed by your circumstances. Be overjoyed by the love and power of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, your word has gone out, and as you promise, it never returns void. Father, create in me, compassionate heart to wake up every morning and to push back the lies of the enemy with the truth of your son. Father, make your word so real to me, so real to us. Father, I pray that your presence is felt tangibly during this time. That we as a church body learn how to lean on you more than we ever have before, that you increase our faith to places we never could have even imagined. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity to love you and love one another. Father, be with us as we go through our week. Guard our hearts, guard our minds, I pray against the schemes of the enemy who wants to cause division and doubt. Protect us, Father. Love us. Teach us. Give us patience and wisdom, not for our kingdom, but for yours. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
3: You have no- Dear Never failed me at God. We can trust you, Jesus, over and over again, over and over again.
1: Let's just lean into these words together.
3: the mountains and I believe God I'll see you do it to these words. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never faithfulness. Jesus, I'm still in your
2: hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet.
3: And I never will forget that you never
0: that be the anthem over your day and over your week. And hey, uh, I want to let you know too, uh, just because we're not gathering in person doesn't mean that we don't have a prayer team that can actively be at work. Um, We have a confidential prayer line uh, that you can text or you can just prayer at trinitynr.org. You can email that um, with any of your prayer requests. If you would like for a member of our prayer team to call you personally and just pray with you over the phone, Uh, they'd be more than happy to do that but simply when you uh, send that text or that email just say i'd like a call and then give them your name Uh, and then they'll be more than happy uh, to call the best number of course if you email you have to provide a phone number um, that they can reach you at but uh, on top of that uh, we have some discussion questions for small groups and families uh, that are currently in the app i encourage you guys to take some time today here soon just to talk through those. Uh, If you're small groups meeting via Zoom or some other video conferencing, uh, that you can talk through those this week too. But with that, um, wherever you are, let's raise our hands like we always do to receive the benediction. As recipients of an intentional, relational, sacrificial love, may we turn around and give that out and the joy of his spirit that fills us, that the world may see him through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a peaceful week. Reach out to us if you need anything.
1: Love you.